What is he hey, doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Chachi Show. Nathan just walked away. Not that, not that you could hear it, but maybe you could. I don't know. We couldn't. I couldn't hear anything. Okay. All right. Fresh air. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of The John Chi Show. Well, I guess welcome back to all of our returning listeners, and welcome to all of our new listeners. I am Patrick Armstrong, here with my fellow co-hosts, Nathan Nowak and KJ Relke. Boys, how are we doing? Uh, hello to our new listeners, and to our longtime listeners, thank you, and to our short-term listeners, sup. And to our parents, thank you. It's, can you define, <laughs> it's just random to our parents. What is, can you define short-term listener uh, versus new listener? Uh, like, this is not their first episode, but it's also not their 10th episode. Fifth episode? I'll say fifth episode. What's long-term? Is that five plus? I'm going to say long-term is like 20 plus. Okay. So there is a gap of listenership. <laughs> so there's a gray area between yeah. 5 and 20. <laughs> I mean, we're about on the John T. Show. We're all about the gray areas, you know? <laughs> it's got a like percentage that. of 125. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of gray areas, Nathan, can you define John T. for any of those new listeners? Wait, sure. is that a gray area? <laughs> it's kind, it's kind <laughs> of a gray area. Sometimes it is. <laughs> it can be. I mean, we, we'll see we how he about describes it, it first and then sure, we'll go sure. from there. I mean, we've always kind of described it as a, a feast. Janchi is a feast, and we are feasting and celebrating um, on our adoptee stories and other adoptee stories and, and our, about our history and culture that we are learning about. And uh, we feast at the end with a snack or drink. So, Is it just me, or is Nathan coming in a little bit lower, a little bit more sultry at the moment? No, I'm getting He's closer real... to the mic this time. <laughs> He's real quiet. I'm gonna give... No, it's okay. It's all I didn't know if ASMR. you're like sick or something or if your throat was hurting you. I think... No, it's just uh, Nathan after dark right now. No, this is Nathan my after allergies dark. have been crazy. <laughs> this is Nathan after 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> this is Nathan with stuffy nose. No, I have actually. My allergies have been crazy this week. Uh, so you're the, the sick one. I feel like yeah. my allergies have also been bothering me this week. Yeah, I think I, I went up. to the zoo and I got zoo animals sick. It was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Classic. Wow. No. Yeah, but, I woke up the other day and my right eye was just, I could feel that it was bothering me. And then I went out into the bathroom and it was just real swollen. I think I fell asleep on the couch with like a cat hair got there and it was just like, huh? and it sucked. Random question, but how are you on medications? For example, <laughs> do medications, uh, I know this is could be an off air, but I think it's an on air question on because kind. this is... This is part of us because I've heard specifically. Oh, because we don't uh, have any Asians. family medical history. <laughs> well, that's true. True, we don't have the medical history. <laughs> We're just but flying blind. I think Asians in general have some sensitivities to certain medications more so than others. Um, for me, I, I feel like it definitely. I, I require lower doses, and it affects me a lot. Look, so I'll have one Nyquil, and I'll be good for you know. I'll be still feeling it the next day. Um, a single Nyquil. Yeah. Or it lasts dose. longer than the twelve than the four, to twenty-four four to six hours. hours. Okay, yeah. four to six hours. Okay. Yeah, you're taking a week. You're taking the week Nyquil. Yeah. Um, my only, I don't know. I never. I don't really. I have to take two Zyrtec for I what? feel like for it to be effective. So I feel like I'm going the opposite way of you uh, in that regard. <laughs> I don't think that's good. I, the only uh, medication allergy that I am aware that I have is to Vicodin. 
which I mm. discovered post-surgery in high school when I took the Vicodin and I could not breathe. <laughs> okay. Dang. And I had to go right back to the hospital. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that could be an allergy for sure. So though. that's the only one that I know of from a medication allergy standpoint. But mm. other than that, I feel like I have to take a lot more for it to be effective on me. So mm. I don't know. So I also bring this up because I was recently on a statin for my high, high cholesterol. And that's, you know, it's to help with lower your cholesterol. But mm. the specific statin that I was on said, and, you know, maybe somebody, another medical professional can back me up on this. But when I was reading the, the side effects and all this stuff, one of the things it said was, has yes. more of a side effect to <laughs> Asian, on Asians, specifically on Asians. Interesting. And I did have side effects, and so I actually had to stop that that statin. But what were your uh, side effects? Was it death? Was death one of them? I'm sorry. You can't that. That's a medical, <laughs> did you that's die? Medical privacy. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, you're right. Understandable. Understandable. We don't want his enemies to know his yeah, weaknesses. You're right. They know it's a statin, but they don't know exactly it's what he does. <laughs> his uh, table tennis enemies. <laughs> interesting. I feel like that's an interesting fact I did not know about you, Nathan. Thank you, thank you for sharing. I think that is a good segue into um, what we wanted to talk about today, which was a little bit of a reintroduction, a little bit of a get to know you again for the John Chi boys, right? Isn't that what we were going to talk about? That is. We are that was now. A transition. That was a good transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gave you that look of confusion because I was like, wait, did we actually decide something? And then you said it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just forgot what we talked about three minutes ago. But hey, I mean, after 125 episodes, I think that's a good makes sense. You know, there's a lot of new listeners, like you said. There's probably a lot of people who have not gone back to the first episodes. And there's a lot of change in, I think, our stories and our um, current life situations than, than the first episodes that we did. So, you know. What if your life was exactly the same as it was when we just did episode one? And that would be okay. All right. <laughs> I like it. I like that answer. I am not here to judge. And I hopefully like our listeners are not as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, KJ, I feel like you've talked the least so far, so I'm going to kick it to you to go first. And I feel like this was your idea, so I want to hear how you give an abbreviated summary of your story, and then I'm going to follow up. Yeah, sure. Well, I actually wasn't going to do a super abbreviated one. Um, <laughs> He's going to take because, an hour. <laughs> well, no, just because. Good. I don't want to talk about listening. <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I think we've tried this before kind of recently, and I, and I think it ended up becoming something else. And, and we've talked yes. a lot around... Um, you know, how we've changed and what we've learned and unlearned and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so let me, let me take you back to the beginning to my, this is my mythology. Uh, so I mm. was, uh, born in Daegu and then, uh, was fostered in Seoul for six months and then was adopted by a white family, um, in Dallas, Texas, is where I spent my, I, I don't know why I was like. It's not like you forgot. It, honestly, <laughs> that a it's question? been so long, like since I sure, sure, sure. thought about this. Because especially now that I'm back, I don't have to explain myself right. nearly as much. And uh, yeah, so it's just interesting doing that. So um, let's see. I have two older siblings and one younger sibling. My younger sibling is adopted from Russia. Um. Oh, she's coming in town this weekend, actually. So cool. I'll be able to see her. That'll be good. Um, but yeah, so growing up, she and I were... So we're only eight months apart, and we 
were friends and then we were frenemies and then we were enemies and now we're just siblings. <laughs> I think that's uh, a natural progression. Which is, uh, yeah. My <laughs> older siblings are like at least 10 years older than me and they're biological to my parents. So, um, yeah, that's, we were not that close. Cause like by the time I entered, uh, kindergarten, my older sister was like starting college. So I was like, well, all right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, growing up, I, I liked music. I was super involved in my church and did all of that. Um, and so, I, I mean, I was like, like when I say super involved, I mean, I was like Bible Bowl champion. Like I had tons of scriptures memorized. I was like the fastest to find scripture verses in whatever. I uh, evangelized to one of my friends in elementary school when I went to public school for a hot second. So he was Asian, uh, which was fun. Because he was like, oh, yeah, my, my family is Buddhist. And then I was like, yeah, anyways, you want to become Christian? And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then so we like, quote, prayed a prayer that I just kind of made up. Because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I told my Sunday school teacher and they were so proud of me. And then like trying to convert that here, friend (laughs) for successfully converting. (laughs) Oh, they prayed the prayer. So, and then, then the the next week they ask a follow up question and they're like, so how are they doing? Like, are they coming to church? Are they, and I was like, yeah, they're asking a lot of questions. No questions have been asked. (laughs) Not (laughs) a single one. Yeah. In my head, I was like, all right, cool. You're, you're a Christian now, I guess. Hooray (laughs) for you. (laughs) What a low bar for conversion. Say this prayer once and then you're in. I mean, honestly, if you look at theology, like theologically, that's kind of all it is, all it takes. So Mm -hmm. how it's, how it's come this far and become this bad is beyond me, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, then see high school, graduated college, studied to be a worship leader, was a worship leader for a long time in the Midwest and then 2020 hit and uh, everything, my whole world flipped upside down. That's what I call my moment of apocalypse was, uh, when 2020 hit and I was doom scrolling on Instagram and you see all this stuff about anti-Asian hate and things and just living in a super red state was terrifying and yeah, and I was just afraid for my life. So yeah, that's when, when the, the apocalypse happened. Sorry, did you have a question? Were you I do have in? a question actually. Okay, bring it on. Oh, do you have a question, Nathan? I have a couple, but go ahead. Oh, so my question, I think it was more like, I think moving us along the timeline as well was going to be, when after that did you how did you find out about dear asian americans how'd you end up on that show yeah i god i wish i remember because i know that that's like a a common origin point for us right um but i i really don't remember i i don't know what got me on the kick of like i just need more you know honestly i think after george floyd is murdered and everyone was like doing the thing of like diversifying feeds. I think that might've been where I kind of stumbled on it just as I was Mm. looking for more non-white voices, more non-pale voices, uh, non-male voices, (laughs) non-pale voices, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was just like, I think that's how I found it. And at the time I was like, Oh, it's got like 50 episodes. That's got, I got some things that I can listen to. Little did I know that like 30 of those 50 were released in 30 days. And I was like, Oh, well this is, <laughs> this feels like cheating. So I thought it'd been more established than it was, but yeah, that's how I got connected. And then I was like, I started DMing the account cause I didn't know it was just Jerry. Uh, I thought it was bigger than him at the time. And so I started DMing is like, Oh, you should have like this person on whatever. And then I was like, can I go on? So I just like kind of applied. I don't know. I just kind of, shot my shot and uh yeah and then jerry was like who's this rando worship leader from the midwest applying to be on my show 
So, and this was yeah. after you had heard my episode. I hadn't heard your episode oh, yet. Okay. I uh, I didn't go back super far, and then he was like, "Oh, you should listen to Nathan's and like go and listen to that." I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool." So there's after I I think had messaged to be on the show that I went back and found that. But I think actually it was there's someone from St. Louis who her story really resonated with me, and I was like, "Oh." I could do, I could be on the show. I can do this. And then, yeah. So I think the other thing too is because it's an interview style, like it just made it feel more approachable. Sure. You know, like I didn't have to like be an expert on anything other than just being alive. So yeah. yeah. Telling your story. Mm-hmm. Origin story. <laughs> I guess my question, sorry, going back to when you asked me if I had a question. So my question was, um, since we're kind of doing this as a uh, um, follow-up, what things other than, of course, those are the normal things about your history that we talked about in your episode. But what things have changed? Are there things since that episode that you would like to um, walk back, know, clarify? Yeah, walk back, no, clarify, I'm just I'm discover. Just no, just things that are different specifically that maybe you wish you had said or something in the in that episode. Oh, okay, that's a good one. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no, I don't have anything. No, to walk, walk back. back. Any, any controversial yeah. hot takes that you want yeah. to take back now? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean. Most of on well, the thing that I could walk back now is just like my general faith journey is not at all <laughs> where it was when I started mm-hmm. this, which has been a pretty big like kind of behind the scenes thing for me. Um, but yeah, I just it started a whole series of like disillusionment. Um, yeah, so but no, I, I think the the things that have changed are uh, I'm more okay with the pace that I take learning at. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with not trying to shovel all of the Korean stuff down my throat all the time forever, (laughs) whether that's like music or shows or food or language or whatever. Um, I still every now and then go back to the, uh, Korean culture dictionary that we have, like, cause Mm -hmm. I, because we read so much of it and like, we're kind of digesting that. I was like, oh man, what was that thing? What's the, is it jang that it is? It's like the pastes. And so there's like samjang and dunjang and all that mm. kind of stuff. And like, so like those things kind of just like float in my brain now, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing that's changed is I've like gotten over most of, definitely not all of, but most of my imposter syndrome around being Asian American, around being Korean, around being adopted. Uh, and now I just have the normal imposter syndrome about like, am I cool enough? Right. So. Yeah, I guess that's just that's not imposter syndrome. That's just insecurity. But yeah, so just just the normal insecurity these days. Yeah, it's a fear. Yeah, I like it. I think I've seen those changes as well. Mm -hmm. And the stuff that you do and the things that we talk about, I would I would concur. Yeah, I mean, just (laughs) the the obvious you know answer too for all of us would be that so much more language and so much more that we've learned about um the adoptee community and about ourselves um when where we fit into that adoptee community i think is probably um obvious in itself but uh, i mean just looking at you now the the listeners cannot see but you are wearing a shirt that says not your model minority and so yeah that's true i now know what a monolith is and why we are not that (laughs) (laughs) i just remember early days so many people were like we are not a monolith and i was like yeah who was saying we're a monolith and why what does that mean (laughs) what what do you mean (laughs) my fist is up but i don't get it (laughs) that's funny Uh, no i okay i will say starting the show and doing all of that having guests on and honestly like 
from working with Jerry and working with with other people, you guys especially, and, and some of the connections I made through the show, has really given me a lot of confidence to just do stuff, mm. uh, like mm. put stuff on Spotify or write more, whatever. I think it's gotten over my, like when I was in school, I had this like fear of like, well, if it's not gonna be like the top 10%, if it's not gonna get like an A or higher, then like it doesn't really deserve to be out in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. now I'm like, no, it's okay if it's not just like, the most polished whatever and may, this is probably also just getting older but i just see more content that's like not that good <laughs> in places where i feel like it used to be hallowed grounds you know like it like uh, being yeah, on yeah. spotify used to be like oh it used to be a big thing and then i saw yeah. i listened to someone's track and i was like this is not well mixed it's not that great of a song whatever but spotify using your airpods <laughs> spotify is like it, it democratizes the opportunity to to publish music you know and like just like amazon as much as I don't like the platform, it can like make it easier to self-publish your own books and that kind of stuff. And so like the more like okay content I saw, the more I was like, oh, this is good. And like the okay content would still get a lot of praise and accolades, whatever. And so it's actually, it's made me more confident to do the things that I want to do, but it's also, and more significantly made me more confident in my ability to big other people and mm. to like uh, be like encourage other people to be loud and like to to really like amplify their stories and like bolster their confidence and their self-esteem in as much as I have any say in how they feel, you know, because of that, like because I got over that myself, I'm actually then able to spend my time putting that back into the world. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Any specific moments that really stand out to you over this time since episode one to in between one and one twenty five? Um, I don't know that I ever expected to connect with the community like I have. Uh, um, well, you mean like as a whole or like specifically like in your local area? Both, okay, both. Okay. Uh, because like, first off doing the John C show, being friend, becoming friends with y'all really taught me like the power of online community in a way that I think I'd only like read about or heard about for like some like hardcore gamers or people oh, who sure. like spend a lot of time on blogs or right. you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. certain kind of like niche communities or like, yeah, I just found my family. And, and I, that, that's been really impressive. And the fact that I've like connected with adoptees and other people, adoptees and allies broadly uh, on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, in person, like whatever, just kind of all throughout all the, all this stuff has been really powerful. But then to be able to, foster these relationships and then meet up with them in person has been like uniquely profound. And the sense of community that I have with people, uh, especially then when like added with like physical, like in-person meetups is really powerful. It's one of the reasons that I love doing the John Chi show lives. Uh, and you know, I love being close to other adoptees, um, here in Dallas is, is just, yeah, it's just a really unique thing. Um, that I really appreciate. So, yeah. I agree. I feel like getting like before doing any of this, I never would have been friends with or connected with or even reached out to any of the people that I now call very good friends mm-hmm. or brothers like yourselves. Like like so close of a uh, so intimate of a relationship that it feels like family. You know what I mean? Never like I hear you hear about internet friends and it's like seems seedy or like <laughs> it seems like well, it's it like weird like, in a way like it's like do you not remember like like a regular relationship in the like early, a real friendship early like 2000s or so when like online dating really started becoming a thing with like sure. e-harmony yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever 
And like, there's always doing? this. Are we? <laughs> doing, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's an online courtship, actually. Uh, we, um, it's, it's, it's in that. public. It's, very, it's above bar. Yeah. Uh, no, but like, do you remember like the stigma of like couples who met online? Oh, yeah. And you yeah. know what I mean? As opposed to like meeting in person. But now it's like, I don't know. We met on the apps like, like right. everybody does, you know, like, and I think what COVID did and for me, what the, what the show did and, and connections that through the show was it like it normalized. Just, you just have to meet people online. But then it proved to me that like, oh, there's not really a stigma. Like, and, and Sarah experienced it too, like where she's met some people through her coaching and then like got to meet up with them in person who were like two of them are like kind of the equivalent of like the three of us, you know, mm-hmm. like, like they just clicked immediately. They talk all the time, whatever. And then being able to meet in person, it was like, yeah, it was like nice to see, I guess, their whole bodies, but also like, you know, right we were we've been friends we've been talking all the time so i think it's been cool just to like have a new way of thinking about friendship a new way of thinking about connection and not then discrediting internet relationships as being somehow less than right yeah yeah yeah, for sure what about you what about you nope i asked you first (laughs) i'll go again so okay so i was born in What is your Korean name, KJ? Well, real quickly, oh, yeah. Nathan, before you go, just want to say, oh, that is a good question. What is your Korean name? Well, actually, is that weird? I feel like I said that, and I feel like it felt weird coming out of my mouth that way. I felt like I was demanding you to tell me oh, no, in I mean, like a weird way that we don't like. I wouldn't do it to like a guest necessarily, but <laughs> sure, for sure, us. Sure. Uh, <laughs> tell me your Korean name! <laughs> like, oh my God! <laughs> uh, no, my Korean name is Kang Junte. Kang Junte. Right. <laughs> I am Kim Young Jin. And I am S- really? Sang Gil. Yeah. Huh. I have it back here. Yeah. It's under a Young, bunch of stuff though. Young Jin. Young Jin yeah. Kim, but yeah. I was saying it the yeah, Korean yeah. Kim way. Young Jin. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. okay. I did just want to say thank you for sharing all that. I feel like yeah. you shared some new stuff and mm-hmm. some stuff that we've heard before, and I appreciate that. You know, so that was Agreed. all I wanted to say. All right, Nathan, you go. Uh, I'm trying to think of how, how I can structure mine uh, differently or similar. Say it exactly but no, it's, the same exactly way the same did. thing. Yep. Yeah, that I said. Um, so I w- was adopted from Seoul uh, when I was five months old and uh, came over and was raised in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And uh, raised by a um, wonderful parents who are... Um, German, Scottish, and German Czech. Uh, I know I get specific on that. Getting deeper, but, I like it. <clears throat> but I had another adopted uh, non-blood related sister. She was also adopted from Korea. Uh, she was three and a half years older than me. Also guest of the show. I can't remember what episode number, but go look up Amy Sherman. Um, and uh, yeah, so we were raised in Oklahoma for those 19 years until I went to college. And uh very very similar probably background and upbringing is a lot of our listeners where it's a mostly white uh, neighborhood and community and school and uh, mostly that's what I associated with and sometimes felt like I was so um, wasn't really until I got into you know some of the stereotypical things like driving a an Acura <laughs> or had a nice stereo in my trunk things like that where I started going oh okay these are these are things that, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just you didn't felt know. Connection those, though, yeah, those I felt lives. somewhat okay. minimal connections, I for guess sure, you could sure. say. Yeah. Um, whether and, for good or bad, you were feeling yeah, exactly. a connection in some way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Started playing table tennis. You know, I played 
competitive table tennis. We've talked about that before in our in our episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, then eventually went to Colorado for college. You know, standard uh, school life, except uh, standard school life for I'd say a majority of most people, where I'm you know looking to just to fit in and not really looking for anything in particular. Um, you know associated with my um my korean heritage or anything so i avoided the uh the uh, aapi you know groups i i essentially just joined a fraternity and uh, did lambda chi alpha for the four years that i was there at colorado and then uh went off to uh work went on to um continue to play table tennis too <laughs> yeah can i jump in real quick sure do jump you in. Okay, so one thing that you skipped over that I kind of like giving you some stick for is you went to Hawaii a lot. Um, yes. And I think I was I was away getting water. Did I also hear you say that you felt more like slightly more connected to Asian culture because you had a nice stereo in your car? Because I got this, I got into stereotypic things like like a, yeah like a stereo in an Acura Integra. I is that know. a thing? We said, we said for better or worse. Yeah, for better or worse. <laughs> for stereotypes. better or worse, <laughs> felt connected. That's so, really funny. Okay. Uh, you know. Okay. So my question was, did being in Hawaii not do anything for you, Asian Americanness wise? You would think so. I mean, there are definitely. You know, uh, well, especially more you diversity like in Hawaii than there are there is in in Oklahoma. However, I never really looked at it that way. I never, I, I don't recall at any point while I was in Hawaii thinking, "Oh, look, there's another Asian family that I look like." Um, you were just like, "Here's some Hawaiian people," because I, I had that that, that curtain in front of me that mm. sometimes where I forgot that I was Asian, mm. and it wasn't that. Yeah. It wasn't that I would pick them out and say that I related to them. I just saw them and just moved past it. I never, you know, thought anything of it. I just said, oh, there's an Asian family kind of thing. Um, I was always so involved in the things I was doing. Like, you know, most of the time I was I was still kind of young. I just wanted to go to the beach or I wanted to play video games. He's at or, the buffet. You know, Don't lie. Yeah, I was eating the, <laughs> Getting that oxbone. Oh, man. <laughs> no, yeah, I haven't even talked to you about Hawaiian yeah. buffets. Those are <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Go talk, man. Tundra Tundra with pineapple. When you, some, when you and Vivek meet up, y'all can talk buffets all day long. <laughs> Luau's, that's where, that's where the Hawaiian buffets are. So, um, but uh, no, I, yeah, I know I never really related to that. And then of course, even in college in Colorado, not too many, um, not, not much diversity here, you know, and then of course I moved to California, lived there for 20 years and that was, you know, diverse, you know, central so i just remember going to a party at one point and literally thinking to myself going with my my white friend that i went to this party with thinking wow there are, i would say 80 percent asians at this party and you're you're the caucasian and i was like so how does it feel <laughs> like, how does it feel to know what i w- was like in colorado because he went to college with me too mm. what is what they say he, he goes he goes he, he liked it though. Cause he was actually, he was, he was more into Asian culture than I was at the time. So classic. Yeah. But, uh, um, so yeah, no, it was an interesting, so I guess that's kind of my background. Of course I moved back to Colorado Now I live here with my family married to, uh, you know, a wonderful, um, 
Asian American who is half Japanese, half Chinese. Country loving Asian American. Yeah, country, country loving. Music loving. Yeah, country and, music. Yeah. Line dance loving. Um, I just met another Korean who he was like, oh yeah, I love country music. And I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, Go really? On. Yeah. So, and then I immediately thought of you and Allison. I was like, no, That's look, funny. I definitely don't. I don't listen to it as often as I <laughs> used to. And, and that might be from just some of the, I don't know, things that I've learned of certain artists over the years or certain, you know, political differences or views or uh, just words and phrases in lyrics that I don't necessarily relate to. And so I have actually, that's one thing that I have like you were saying that you know I have a little more discovery on religion, I would say I I have a little more You're discovery on back pop culture, your love of country music. Exactly, I'm walking <laughs> it back a little bit. I'm walking it back certain things for sure. Um, you know, and that I think that's what growing is about, right? You learn what you like, you learn what you don't like, um, and I think that changes over time based on your views. So, and even if your views are at some point kind of non-existent because in college you know you really didn't have many views even if your views are non-existent (laughs) for me at least i'm speaking of myself my views were you know let's go have some fun let's go ski let's eat let's party yeah nathan was the epitome of amazing grace he once was blind but now he sees yes that's hilarious um since i asked kj i gotta ask you uh you knew jerry prior and Mm -hmm. that's is that how you found your way onto the show it's just through that prior relationship yeah, so one of the things in California that uh, I had actually, I was a photographer and I met um, the uh, founder of Collaboration, which was a uh, Asian talent show. And, uh, you know, I got, became friends with him and he invited me to the shows and I started helping the the association out with uh, photography and stuff. And that's how I met Jerry because he was also helping out and met a lot of other, you know, uh, other people actually through that as well. But, uh, and yeah, that actually eventually led me to the, um, the movie, aka Dan, which led me to think, hey, another Korean adoptee who's searched out his family and and found something, maybe I should do the same. And that was about the time I actually had started dating Allison. And um, where we were actually, this was, sorry, this was after I had married Allison. I don't think about it. Um, so I got to get my timeline. Time I got to get my so. timeline straight on that one. <laughs> Um, I had married Allison already and we went to the premiere of AKA Dan and that's where we were also thinking about starting a family and having kids mm. where the whole medical question comes up. And so that is essentially why I did the, uh, the biological search. Uh, and since we're, you know, um, re, uh, um, introducing ourselves, I am in, um, reunion with my biological siblings. I have six siblings, one brother and five sisters. They are all in Korea and I may be going to see my brother in uh, in two weeks. Beep, so, beep, beep, beep. Back yeah. to Hawaii, baby. Back, Back to Hawaii. To Hawaii. He's going to go to Hawaii. And, and so he invited me to meet him there. And it's kind of a halfway point. So I think I think uh, I think I might make that uh, make that jump. So well, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the, only the fourth time I've seen him in person, though. That's wild to think about. Yeah, I know. I mean, when did you after, when did you enter into reunion? What year was that? Uh, 2016 was the first time I met my, it was when I met my sister first. And then it was 2017 that I actually went to Korea to meet the rest of the family. I always forget that it was that long ago. Like that feels like a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and like uh, us starting the show feels like a long time ago. <laughs> it's true. And it's like, it's so true. even that part of it, that part of your story, I always sometimes forget that mm-hmm. you'd been on that journey for a little bit longer mm-hmm. than 
especially yeah. myself or KJ. And, and even in those yeah. years since we started the show, I mean, the only things that have really changed in the reunion side of things is just the communication. I mean, we still just, you know, talk about things on online or on this app that we use. That's a, um, kind of like Facebook, but it's not, I mean, it's very still basic. I mean, that, that part of the communication is, I would say more frequent, but I wouldn't say more, I wouldn't say it's different in any way than it was maybe two years ago. Um, Do you think that will change or are you looking for that to change? Sorry. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would. I would like it to change more because I, I don't want to have just this kind of the translation again is is not as accurate sure. as, as it should be or as I would like. And so I, it's hard to get a relationship via this this app with family that I know is biological to me. And so the only ways I can do that, I think, is by going and meeting them in person and fumbling around with a language that neither of us can communicate, you know, back and forth with, but still have that in-person experience. And I think that's more beneficial than, you know, just a few photos that I post on this app and a few things that they post when they have like, you know, dinners and things like that together. Um, so I think I'm, that's one of the reasons why I'm heavily leaning toward going, um, is because it's, you know, it's the first time I'll have seen him in three years, no, four years. So, yeah. Sure. Is, okay. Two questions. Is he older or younger? He's, um, I think about 10 years older than me. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> and then is the first syllable of his name the same as yours? No. Okay. Um, yeah. So no, um, my name is different. However, my sisters, my, I have, like I said, I had, uh, five sisters, four of those sisters do have the first name as the same. Um, oh, that's interesting. So, uh, Kyung. So that, and then, you know, it always follows a, another, huh. I don't know how, what, the, what the technical term of that is, you know, where it's like mine's, mine's Sangil. Um, there's a Kyungmi, Kyunghua. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so, um, but yeah, so that's kind of, uh, Something that I, you know, I was always curious about as well as the naming conventions for, for that. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, appreciate you sharing all that mm-hmm. and excited for you to be able to go see your brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Excited for you to do it back in Hawaii. Maybe yeah. I should go to Hawaii. <laughs> Not, I've never been. I've unrelated. Never been. Yeah. Unrelated, yeah. but maybe I should go to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, all, if uh, when John you to live this, in let's go to Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> 2028. 2030 2030 is it my turn yes yeah man it is your turn all right well i'm the longest winded of us usually so i'm gonna try and keep it the shortest (laughs) amount of time (laughs) um i feel like i've been having this conversation a lot recently too so uh yeah i was born in seoul in 1990 in march and i think i was about nine months when i was adopted um I think I believe it was in November, and I think if I do the math, that's correct, but I could be wrong. Um, adopted by a white family in rural Indiana, very small town, Indiana. Grew up there with my younger non-biological sister, also adopted from Korea a year and a half after me. Um, unlike KJ, uh, my sister and I were, while we were a year and a half in age, we were four years apart in school, technically. So we only shared the same building one year. And we really did not develop a close relationship until, honestly, like she had graduated from college. I think that was when really that started. Um, but I grew up similar to Nathan, uh, trying really, really hard to fit in. Um, on the outside, you would definitely look at it and be like, that was a positive adoption experience. And he had a good time. 
internally, I think, especially as I've gone on this journey of unpacking and understanding my identity and my story, I realized that I was hurting a lot and did not, I was not having a great time. Yes. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Same. Thank you for saying that. Cause I think yeah. that's the part that I often leave out of my story and is really common. Yeah. Because you, you skirt around the hard stuff mm-hmm. when you're, especially like in this context where you're just kind of telling an abbreviated, like right. people have heard it, but yeah. like, yeah, you know, or like you don't want to get into it, but yeah, I think it was for me too. It was like positive on the outside, but internally I was well, hurting. It's interesting. I think I, I mean, I want to be naming that more, but it, I think about that a lot because when people ask me stuff about growing up right now, the stage that I'm in, I can only, I'm only thinking about like the bad things. Like I can remember good things, but the things that rush to my mind are like these many to massive traumatic experiences that I had. And those are the things that I think about. Like I can Mm. remember, like those are the recalls that I have. Like I remember the good stuff too, obviously, or I wouldn't be able to talk about it. But like when people ask me to like recall events, like some of the first things I think about are those really negative things. And that Mm -hmm. shows me I'm still processing all of that. Yeah. So, um, anyways, did all that growing up and very deeply internalized, um, the community and the whiteness that I came from and grew up in and took that with me to college, went to Purdue, actually went to multiple colleges, (laughs) (laughs) won't get into it, but did not end up graduating, bounced around a little bit, spent the majority of my college time at Purdue, ended up leaving, working a lot and honestly just being very aimless and wandering, um, for a lot of my young adult life. And ended up finding myself in San Diego for a year, Chicago or Houston for a few months, and then found myself back in Indy and was really like on this verge of (laughs) probably like a serious breakdown and um, ended up meeting my now wife, Emily, and really starting to hang out and our relationship developing. And we ended up moving to Chicago together in 2018. And then in 2020, as the pandemic broke out and we lived in our very tiny, tiny apartment, we decided that we wanted to live somewhere that was bigger, more space and cost less <laughs> than where we were. <laughs> Ended up back in Indianapolis. This was also the same time as, as I said, the pandemic was happening. Um, a lot of like Black Lives Matter was obviously very much at the forefront right then with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. And then there's just a surge of, uh, anti-Asian rhetoric and violence happening as well. And as many people know, the story goes, I was sitting on the couch one night with Emily. We had just got done talking about starting our family and what that would look like. And we were watching always be my baby. And Mm. the movie just affected me in such a way that I turned and looked at her and said, how am I going to teach our kids to navigate the world as Asian American when I don't know how to do that? And that was the moment that, sent me like had me start asking all these questions the very next day i looked up asian american in my podcast player found dear asian americans listened to it listened to the first episode reached out to that guest (laughs) on a whim cold email still have the email just telling him my story my situation and that i had rejected myself for a long time and i was ready to start doing that work he sent me a study called too white to be korean too korean to be white uh after explaining he wasn't an adoptee but knew others who were and that study then propelled me. Well, the first time I'd ever read any, the word adoptee and ever read anybody else having a similar experience because it was about 12 Korean adoptees who grew up in the Midwest. And so from there, it was, as I described, probably in that very first episode, I went from 30 years of walking the other way to now having to sprint in the opposite direction 
to learn. And long story short, the show happened, um, had did a lot of great things with Jerry that led me through this period of reclamation um, out of that rejection period. And then eventually in May of 22 in New York City, uh, finding self-acceptance and now having been on that journey for almost a year. And it's been amazing in that time, been able to go to Korea, going to go to Korea again, um, been able to do a lot of stuff, got married, whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, that's kind of, that's my truncated version. I try to yeah. keep it short and abbreviated because yeah, yeah. there's a lot. I also remember, yeah, how insane it was because you were going from like vagabond energy, <laughs> basically right. it, to like, oh, this is where I'm going to be. And I think you, from what I have experienced just moving from Springfield to Texas, which is, you know, like I know where, you know, this place or whatever, but it's still hard to make friends or whatever. So you really do have to like have a lot of energy and like really push and really like force your way to, if you want any sense of community, any sense of life, any sense of more than just staying in your home and doing your job. Right. Um, so yeah, so I think you definitely brought that energy to the show. And then when you when you were like, <laughs> adoptees, you were just like, just full on. Yeah, like you made Sonic the Hedgehog look slow yeah. by comparison. <laughs> like I'll take how it. I'll intensely take it. you were going into that, you know? Uh, yeah, it's just, that was wild to... I mean, do you, you even know how many gosh. books you've read over the last two years about adoption? <laughs> I mean, not as many. Honestly, not as many as I should have or probably recommended other people. Well, but more um, so it's than a fair than amount. A lot. It was. Yeah. It's a fair amount. Again, those I, I always go back to the three and then four books that I consider foundational. Um, uh, Adopted Territory by Alina Kim, um, Invisible Asians by Kim Park Nelson, To Save the Children of Korea by Arissa O, oh, and then Disrupting Kimship by former guest of the show, Dr. Kim McKee, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> You know, it's easy to go back to those. I look at Nicole Chung's books uh, as being very pivotal, having just read A Living Remedy and it having a very profound effect on me, not even just as an adoptee, but as somebody in grief, um, Mm. I think. And, you know, thinking about even just random people, um, not random people, but people who I've just stumbled across on Instagram or, or other or otherwise, like Melissa Guida Richards. Uh, she's a Colombian adoptee who has a book called, um, I can't think of the title now cause it's super long, but like I, it's what white parents should know of what white adoptive parents should know about transracial adoption. Um, that's real. That's an, an excellent book. Um, not even for just adoptive parents for, for adoptees. Like there's so much out there, you know, and it starts with just that one thing. Like I remember watching AKA Dan's document or that documentary before I think we recorded an episode or maybe even before we, started the show and just like weeping at that. And it, but because it was like, you put it in a good way. I was was coming out of this vagabond state really of just still not really knowing what I was doing, thinking I did thinking I was finding a way, but wasn't. And like now to think about that version of me to where I am right now, who feels like you KJ super confident or like much more confident to be able to, make those relationships to go for it from a like entrepreneurial or just a work perspective, like a, a professional perspective, you know, is so wildly different. And that's like those books help me get, be able to continue that accelerated yeah. path. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's funny too. Also, uh, KJ, you mentioned the fact that uh, you moved from uh, Missouri to Texas. I also moved from California to Colorado like there was a lot of changes from our first episodes, from the first times when we were telling our stories. Patrick got and married. Yeah, Patrick got, got married. married. 
He also and went to Korea. Yeah, and, and he's gone to Korea for the first time. Yeah, I mean, definitely have been a lot of changes. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's been it's been a great ride. I mean, as far as the and this is the end of it. And this is the end. We did all of this to say goodbye. No, we're still riding. I'm still riding. There's still gas in the tank. No, I got that fast pass express, baby. Something that I've um still find fascinating is the fact that we did not know each other going into the show like mm-hmm. coming together even for the first meeting had no idea of each other outside of our respective episodes you guys might not even knew who i was because my, i don't think my episode was out yet definitely did not and that's something i still get from new listeners especially who like listen to a recent ep- more more recent episode before going back and i'm like oh yeah we didn't know each other before and they're like what <laughs> like yeah. if you think about it like that is honestly uh, a testament in and of itself of the show like, it's a, I mean, it's a lightning in the bottle situation. Like, very I think true. All of us were open to meeting because COVID had us. That, like I yeah. said earlier, yeah. like we were just yeah. open to internet friends because those are the only friends you could have. That's um, true. And so it was just like, yeah, I mean, why not? And it really was. It was such a unique thing. And I was struck too by because I forgot that always be my maybe was like kind of the moment. Was it the thing? It's the thing like in the in the opening scene, right? Where like yeah, it's like the it's like very yeah. much in the beginning. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh the no, red scissors, and yeah, she's and like, like, we use yeah. scissors to cut. This is how well because like her parents are not giving her enough attention, you know, or like yeah. not really paying attention to her. Also, like she goes over kid. to yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, okay. So what's wild too is I've had a similar experience like that now, and thinking about my own like you know what's changed for me, like Koreanness has become like home base in a new mm. kind of way. Mm. Um, so. Uh, I was watching the reboot of Quantum Leap on Peacock, <laughs> and uh, the lead actor uh, is Korean. Ben Song is his yeah. character's name. There's this flashback where it's he talks about like being an immigrant and like he loses his mom or whatever. Like it's one of like the things that drives the character. But there's just this like moment. I don't know. He's like in the living room doing homework, and his mom is making dinner, probably noodles or something. I don't know. And she just turns around and says, "Like Ben, omasarange." And it's like every time I hear that, I if I don't straight up ball, I tear up pretty heavily. And yeah. it's I think it's it's a testament to something that's changed through the course of doing the show and other things is like I don't have to like I think before the show I would have been able to like parse that out, be like oma saranghe, like those are like common Korean words, like mom loves you, right? But the fact that I don't have to do any mental gymnastics i just immediately get it straight to my heart and i Mm. know that it's my language is like really tragic because it's so it's such a sweet moment and it's something that i will never hear in the same kind of way you know what i mean yeah of just like being a teenager and your mom's cooking you dinner and it was like what a gut punch but like I think that that's like one of those like shifts and that to me that reminded me of like the always even maybe story because I, I think I had a similar experience where it's like oh gosh yeah red says I don't know what what do we do how do we cut the meat you know that kind of right. thing yeah that kind of thing but just like to like it, it just immediately took me back to that like oh my gosh like moment of and I've been meaning to talk to you guys about it because I was just like yeah just that that one thing of like this deeply Korean but really just human moment like really was moving to me. So yeah, but I think it also exemplifies like Koreanness being my, my home, my new home base, I guess. So I feel you because I just got done watching beef on Netflix, uh, with Steven Yun and Ali Wong 
fantastic oh, show. Yeah, yeah. Fan. I have to restart my Netflix subscription it's like, for that. It's super intense, and the last yeah. two episodes was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> was not right. prepared for where the show went. But the moments where Steven Yun is like one of the B plots is he's trying to like build this house for his parents who live in Korea so they can come to America and live there and like retire or essentially whatever. And all of the moments between them, I felt in a similar way of just like thinking about he's probably he, I think he's probably portraying a character who is right around my age and thinking about that. I'll never have that same experience with my parents in that way. Not my adoptive parents, but my first parents, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like it is an utter tragedy. Tragedy? I can't. Strategy. It makes me no, it makes right. me incapable of speech. Um, because (laughs) of thinking about how tragic it is because it is just like, I don't know. It's like, it's that Han, honestly, Mm -hmm. it just like gets me right in my Han because it's just like (laughs) super deep and intense. But it's all at the same time though. I don't know. There is like a connectivity for whatever reason. Like, and it makes me feel like home base is a good way to put it. Like when I Mm -hmm. ate that Korean food and found that Korean restaurant in Flagstaff, like, I felt similar. Like I was like, yeah. I feel comfortable. I feel at home here. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. And that's, that's like something that's been interesting too. And maybe for another special guest episode is talking with Sarah. When we get Korean food now, she's like, this is mm. comfort food to me. Oh, interesting. Which I think is really beautiful. Like yeah. she'll just get like bulgogi or bibimbap or whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, this is like eating like dokuk like at New Year's is like such a, a fun tradition for me. Like, you know, like that's a new thing that I love being able to participate in that, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting right. to see like how, how our spouses have changed along with that. A hundred percent. And on that uh, tone, I, I love providing that for my kids now. Yeah. Like, oh, giving for them sure. that, that dokuk and just kind of like seeing, you know, that they want it and that they're maybe if I keep it up someday down the road, you know, that they will just always relate the, you know, the holiday for, for that and Mm -hmm. together. Whereas I'd never had that. I, I mean, the stuff I relate to are, you know, like Christmas and, and, you know, green bean casserole, a a Danish, (laughs) you know, green bean casserole. Definitely completely different. It's yeah. So, um, man, I really got to get get in the kitchen for more than five seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, get on. I I send you some, speaking of books, I send you some book recommendations. Uh, You know, you have an Instapot, right? No, I don't have an Instapot. Instapot. Maybe we do. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to check. (laughs) Okay. Tell Emily to First world problems. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll be your uh, it'll be your Christmas gift if you don't have one. But um, Whoa. along with the book. I thought we had a ten dollar limit on those things. <laughs> well, they're coming down in price. No, we have the limit of Nathan buys us stuff and the two of us just feel bad about it. That's yeah. all. Like, we didn't get you anything, sorry. And, then we, and we apologize profusely okay. on the next episode. That's that's what an older brother does. <laughs> Thank you, Hyung. Hyung! Hyung! So. <laughs> oh well that's us that is us in a nutshell um if you want to hear more in depth about what we used to talk about go back and listen to episodes <laughs> one two and three yeah you won't hate it the you archives might. are good Actually, you might <laughs> honestly if you like our vibe it's been the same since day one of the show that has been the most for consistent for thing. although we used to be significantly more buttoned up sure and now we're not that was yeah. I do remember because I went back and listened to the first yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. We had a structure. I think we were nervous. Huge we structure, were doing. huge, totally. like very rigid structure. Yeah, yeah, and now it's just like yeah. Now whatever. we just talk over each other. <laughs> I mean, that's my favorite part. <laughs> it's like how loudly do I have to talk in order to get my word in last or mm. first? I don't know. 
I'm just need kidding. To come up with more all the way down. <laughs> and that's a deleted track. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ivy, I think that's a good segue. Uh, are we doing a snack? Wait, are we doing a snack? Yeah, we I mean, we're talking food. I'm hungry. Let's do Let's it. Talk yeah, food. Let's figure all something right. out. Well, we'll figure something out right after this. Welcome back to the John Chi Show food time. So, <laughs> food, why do you laugh? I'll never not laugh. <laughs> if the day I don't laugh is the day the show is over. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It means food. Patrick is no longer tickled by everything you do, Nathan. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess I just got to keep mixing up, I guess. So, it's an endearing This time you came in real low in your low voice, too. I'm like, Ooh. he's even doing this low. Anyways, welcome to food time with the John G boys after dark with today. Nathan. We'll be drinking or eating a dark <laughs> chocolate puff pastry with crunchies. <laughs> with crunchies? With crunchies is probably crunchies. not a very, very uh, crunchies. Yeah, so since 1934, speaking of switching it up, we are switching up. If many of you have, um, are new to the show we are now doing snacks of all asian um origins so this one is actually a product of taiwan and uh um it is made by a company called imei and uh which is really funny because below their logo it's th- their motto or their slogan says good food provider <laughs> so- I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is hey, what it is. It's like uh, it's Ron Swanson's a very good building company. Very good building. <laughs> exactly. Hire us for your building needs or don't. I yes. don't care. Hey, I End like commercial. 15, I like <laughs> 15 seconds. End I like a confident food company. So, you know, if they're confident, I, I, uh, I'm ready. So it is a puff pastry, dark chocolate. Yeah, it looks this like is be good. I can pretty tasty. Tell. Looks like yeah. it's got some rice. I know, like I said, it has crunchies. I know that wasn't, I wasn't kidding when I said that. Whoa. Better than I expected. Yeah. Oh. I was expecting it to be lighter than a pastry, like hollow. It's, it is, mine's kind of hollow. Mine's got a big. I feel like this has got a substantial puff to it. No, it does. Definitely has like a puff, like a, like a croissant kind of feeling. Yeah, like a layer. Yeah, like a croissant. But chocolate coated. But Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's really good. Oh, man, that's so good. Here's the deal. As I said before, I love anything with lamination. Love those layers. Puff <laughs> pastry is no exception. Yeah. Dark chocolate, that's the dream. Yeah. That is a good my dream only, My only like complaint is that it's like totally covered in chocolate. And mm, I wish it was like no. on like the inside. Oh, because I, oh, again, okay. I don't like the sticky finger business yeah, or like yeah, yeah. melty chocolate Just on my shove fingers. it all in your mouth like Patrick so, does. I did have <laughs> I did. to. I, made, I ate it in I three bites. I bit it in two because I had to eat it <laughs> in half. Yeah, hold on now. Yeah. That's better. because I wanted to see the inside. But then, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's good. Um, I think the good. chocolate is good. The pastry is good. I assume it's mm. not expired because it's the pastry is that good. So no, not all of the snacks I buy you are expired. You said that two times ago, and it was expired. Yeah, I know. This, no, this one expires in October. We're good. We're good. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, I, I like this delicious. one a lot. It actually also I was reading the ingredients. One of the ingredients is coconut powder, and I can actually taste a little little coconut little in there coconut. somewhere. Yeah, a little cocoa. Right. 
a little Coco something. All right, KJ, what were you going to say? I'm going to give it five out of five mm. little crunchies. Dang, yeah. well, five go. out of five yeah. little crunchies. It's I'm going to give good. it a little because five out of five little crunchies as well. Even though the chocolate's on the outside and it makes my fingers messy, the flavor overall still super worth it. So, yep. yeah. I'm giving it a five out of five as well. Five out of five little crunchies. Don't even have anything else to say about it. It's just, <laughs> it's the perfect snack. Yeah, Done. no, I'm, I'm end of I, end of rating. Yeah, I agree. I may did it. You did a good one here, and it also looked really nice. I mean, just the packaging. It looks pretty appetizing with the little uh, for the fancy plate. For the non-viewers of this audio podcast, <laughs> this is it's a box. It's it a box, a, but it's got nice three box. nice chocolate pastries on a nice uh, plate. Uh, it just looks fancy. It's a nice box with a nice photograph. Yeah, and I so will say I, that makes it look it yummy. Is. I constantly forget that you send us just individual pieces from the box that you have. But mm-hmm. whenever you hold, because whenever you hold the box up, I'm like, yes. And that's what I go look for. And then it's like, and then it's just the two things. And I'm like, <laughs> and then when it's good, I'm really like, why don't you just send us a whole, each of a whole box, dude. It's, wow. not, it's not asking so much to just go out and buy all of our <laughs> snacks in multiple quantities. Come hey, on. I'm, I am doing this for your health, sir. Actually, thank you. I you're appreciate welcome. that. I don't think you should be eating. Not now. Speaking of health, Brad, wise, I would have ate that entire box. Tonight. You probably would have. Uh, it's only eighty calories per uh, per um, snack, but there's seven of them in here. So if you had eaten all of them, then yeah, you'd be uh, five hundred and sixty calories. You'd be up there. That's not bad. Calorie content. <laughs> That's fine. Well, you know, it's like one meal. One That's sitting. like one basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> if I sprint the entire time, never stop. <clears throat> But uh, <laughs> no, right, I, yeah. yeah, good stuff. Good job. Good I may. Yeah. Great job, Nathan. Our snack <laughs> king. Well, you know, I'm I'm liking the, this diversification of of trying some other <laughs> snacks from other areas. So I will say for a good um, like 30 episodes, you were saying we're running out of Korean snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we never did. We, we, we never haven't. did. And there's still, I'm sure, and we will still be eating both Korean and uh you know, other snacks that I find, but uh, at least it gives me some more yeah, freedom. Yeah, one time to we'll try, like, things. I don't know, have you heard of this? It's an American snack called Cheetos. Mm, Ooh, Cheetos. I can't wait for that one. I've never oh, tried them good. before. I wonder mm. if they have, like, what? a really, really, so it's really the toes hot of the cheese. <laughs> that would be it's my the, favorite. It's, I don't know if I like eating toes. Okay. <laughs> All right, now the show is done. All right, now the show is done. Now the show is done. This is officially the last episode. All right. Um, uh, (laughs) I'm going on summer break early. Actually, as we roll out here, I do want to say as we close this food session, if you are or know of new Korean snacks that are coming out, send those suggestions (laughs) our way. I think that would be fun to eat and try. Korean corn dog. (laughs) The Korean corn dog. Okay. Real quick, though. In Flagstaff, <laughs> there was a Korean-owned corn dog shop, uh-huh. and yep. they just sold like a gigantic corn dogs. And no, covered it was like in a, sugar. They, they're just there. No, they have of all kinds. One of them was a flaming hot one, dipped in flaming hot Cheeto dust. Nice, and it destroyed me. But it was 100 percent <laughs> worth it. Um, yeah, it was. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I'm mad I didn't go back for at least one more. Yeah. Um, well. I'll take you to one if you come Flagstaff. out here. Flagstaff got that Korean food Flagstaff. game. What the heck? They've got a low-key yeah. Korean food going on. Um, if you want to hear more about that, 
You can continue to listen to this show or check us out on all the social media platforms at John Chi Show. You can also go to our website, johnchishow.com, and find out all the different ways you can listen to the show, check out the show. You can go to johnchishow.com backslash support to find out all the different ways you can support us. Um, if you're feeling so inclined and wanted to leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast player you are listening to us on currently, that would be greatly appreciated as well. And if you wanted to send us an email, you can do that too. You can send that to johnchishow at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, a voice message, as I used to call them, you can do that at 977-967-9... What is it? I forgot the number. Close. I'm not going to lie. I was not going to say two. There was not a world. <laughs> there was not a world in the next twenty minutes in where world two was coming out of my Infinite multiverses. <laughs> two was never coming out. <laughs> two was never. Yeah, fourteen million six hundred five. Not coming. Um. Yeah, at that number that Nathan just shared with y'all. <laughs> if you want to find me and listen to more of my ramblings, you can do so at Patrick in the World on all the internet places. I am online at KJ Roki wherever I want to be found. I am in the interwebs at Nowak and Nathan Nowak. Oh, and also, if you do want to just have a little bit of that extra John Chi sauce, you can find us at the John Chi Show After Party on Facebook. That's a thing that exists and a thing that we occupy and inhabit. So go there and have a yeah. good time. Or start like a John Chi <laughs> Show subreddit. Ooh. Ooh there you first go. person to start a John Chi Show subreddit. Subreddit. Gets a subreddit. shirt. Gets a mm. shirt and oh. a shout out. On the shirt. Here we go. And I'm it, promising I don't know too about much. That. <laughs> that. That seems ridiculous. Have you All checked right. to see if there is already one? Oh, John Chi Show subreddit? Yeah. I don't believe it. No. Well, as KJ... <laughs> I mean, if there is, if there Google's is, that right would be now. amazing. Um, all right. Well, thank you, great everybody. to catch up with you. Uh, great to catch up with you, boys. Great to hear our stories again in slightly more detail. And thank you to in everybody who's listening. Detail. Oh god! I just burped from that rice crunchy. That's not detail I needed to have. <laughs> well, and on that note, it's going in. It's going in until next time. Johnny Hale.